Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. I just want to read a couple of scriptures and talk to you for a moment before we uh, take our communion. It is Thanksgiving time, and I want to talk about giving thanks. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18, the Bible says that we should rejoice always, always, not when good things happen, always. Pray continually, not just when bad things happen or when we need something. And give thanks in all circumstances, not just good circumstances. In all circumstances, we are to give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It is God's will that you give thanks in every circumstance. But I want to read to you from Ephesians now. Again, the Apostle Paul writing here says something that I find very interesting. He says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. But live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Now, the apostle lived in evil days, and so do we. So do we. And don't think our evil days are anything new. Evil's been around since the beginning of time. In fact, very, you read through the Bible, you read through history, you'll find some very evil things have taken place in other points in history rather than just in our day. We do live in evil times, but so did the Apostle Paul, and he said, make every opportunity in these evil times. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. People try to drown out their sorrows. Don't do that make matters worse. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't need those spirits that come in a bottle. We need the Holy Spirit that comes through praise and worship. Amen. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, and then he goes right into, it goes to verse 19, but it's the same sentence. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, which is why we start every service with singing and worship. And we put the words on the screen because we want you to sing with us. And we don't care if you can't carry a tune, because I can't hear you from up here. If you find people moving away and all of a sudden you're in the whole section by yourself, sing a little louder because nobody's around you now. <laughs> Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your heart. Make music to the Lord in your heart. And you ready for this? Because I read earlier where it said, in all circumstances, listen to what the apostle said here in verse 20 of Ephesians chapter 5, and give thanks for everything. Give thanks for everything. What I consider good, I'm going to give thanks for. What I consider bad, I need to give thanks for it. 
because it's oftentimes strenuous and difficult circumstances that give birth to blessing. Greatest moment of, of struggle for an infant is the moments before that infant comes out into this world. Greatest danger, in fact, is during that period of time. Greatest chance of something going wrong. And it is during those dark, difficult moments that we find ourselves complaining and graping and moaning and groaning about the condition or the situations going on in our life that the Bible says, for those very things, we ought to be thankful. How many have ever thanked God when something bad went and when it happened? <laughs> it's not what we jump to, but it's something we need to force ourselves to jump to, is to be thankful for all things, not only when things go as planned. And so I want to ask you tonight on this eve of Thanksgiving Day, do you see setback? Do you see failure as a motiva motivation to be better, to be thankful, or do you see it as a discouragement and depressing? What do you see hardship as? What do you see struggle as? Thankfulness is a very complicated state of being. When life is good, and someone's getting exactly what they want, things are going exactly as planned, everybody's on top of the world, and everything's great, but when life is hard, nothing goes right, it's hard to have a spirit and an attitude of gratitude. In fact, for many people, difficult times or circumstances is the easiest time to excuse our rotten attitude. You say amen. So the Bible has a whole lot to say about being thankful, and its message runs counter to our instincts and to what is natural around us. In, the, in, the, in his letter to the Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul said, number one, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, because this is the will of God for Christ Jesus concerning you. And so as difficulties pile on, it can be easy to look around and see nothing good that's going on, fall into despair, and many people in the world have indeed fallen into, into despair, and they have an inability to feel any gratitude for, for the things that God has blessed them with, even the hard things that God uses to cause us to grow. And the Bible does not pretend like nothing ever goes wrong in our lives. It doesn't act like once you come to serve God, everything's supposed to be fixed. It never says that. It never promises us that. And so in order to be thankful at all times, we have to understand what our source of true joy is and what will always make us feel grateful. And what is that? Enter Jesus. Enter Jesus. Jesus. What should be the Christian's ultimate source of joy that gets us through loss, through suffering, through chaotic times? It needs to be something that's permanent, that never changes. Enter Jesus. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and His promises will get us through this troubled life to the other side. Amen. And I just want to wrap this short Thanksgiving message up by saying this. Jesus said in John chapter 17, he said, praying for us. He, and, and that's a beautiful prayer, by the way, if you want to read through chapter 17. Jesus is praying for you there. 
if you've believed on him as his apostles said to. He said, praying for us that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. My joy. Now, who suffered more than Jesus in this life? And yet he had great joy, and he wants you to have that joy. He wants you to experience that joy. So let me just read to you real quickly this list of things that made Jesus joyful and see if they affect you the same way. Number one, according to Luke chapter 15, Jesus rejoiced whenever a sinner repented. You ever felt that feeling when you finally brought your friend to church and watched your, your, your friend, your son, your daughter, your mother, your father, your brother, your sister get baptized in Jesus' name? Do you ever feel that joy? That's because Jesus feels that joy. Number two, Jesus was joyful whenever God's will was being done, whether it was good for us or not. Jesus felt joy whenever he thought about eternity. And that's part of our problem. We don't think about eternity enough. We're so focused on this life, we forget the rewards that are waiting for us. Amen? How many of you ever have a bad day at work? What do you look forward to? Five o'clock. It's all going to be all right at 5 o'clock. My friend, you might have a messed up life. What do you look forward to? I'm going to heaven. It's all going to be all right when I get to heaven. <laughs> Praise God. Jesus rejoiced over the unchanging nature of God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes your circumstances, good and bad, come and go, but he is always the same. And Jesus rejoiced over that. He rejoiced over the fact that we could be saved through his death and resurrection. He was facing the cruel death of a cross, and yet he rejoiced over that because it meant your salvation and my salvation. Sometimes your pain and suffering means somebody else's salvation. Sometimes you pressing on through difficult times, somebody's watching and they'll start coming. Man, if they keep going and they keep living for God, there's got to be something to it. And finally, he rejoiced over his eternal home in heaven, and we must never forget, not, not focus on where we are, but never forget about where we're going. The old songwriter said, everybody will be happy. We'll be happy over there. We will shout and sing God's praises. Everybody will be happy over there. Can you say amen? Go ahead and clap. And so this does not mean that every second of every day, Christians should be running around saying, thank you, Jesus. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I'm just saying sometimes I'm focused on things and I'm not remembering to say thank you, Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes I'm trying to get a job done and my brain is not focused on me saying thank you, Jesus, every time, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't go around doing all that. But thanking God for blessings through praise and prayer is our first step. But our second way of thanking God is just every day living for Him. Just living for Him. Just serving God because there is always something in your life you can be thankful for if you look for it. Can you say amen? 
I want to read from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 11 as we get ready to take communion. I want to thank you all for being here for, for communion. This is always a very special time for me, a communion service like this. Um, just, just a beautiful time. But I want to read to you that what the Apostle Paul wrote. And he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he said, I have received of the Lord that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed took bread. Wow, look at that. And when he had given thanks, this was the night he was betrayed by his friend, crucified, and he gave thanks. Surely I can give thanks in my circumstances. He had just been betrayed by his friend to be crucified, and he gave thanks. Mm. He took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Well, I don't mean to get long-winded here, but do you realize how many of your struggles you might be going through for somebody else? Because you went through it and made it, you can turn around and help somebody else through it? Take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so we are going to pause here and take our communion cup. And I think if you peel just the clear plastic layer off the top, you'll be able to get to your wafer. And I want to thank Sister Suzanne Mucci who started mine for me because I had such a hard time with it last year. Suzanne, I am thankful for you. And uh, I want you to know, I didn't say it to you, but I thought it. Why don't we say things to people when we think good things? I'm going to right now. When I was running around getting things together, Suzanne Mucci was out there putting all this stuff together, and I actually, the thought went through my mind. I said, how did this church function before Suzanne Mucci was part of it? <laughs> I can tell you right now, things weren't quite as nice as they are right now. This, this woman has been a blessing to Maranatha Ministries since she showed up here. Go ahead and clap your hands for her. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, so Jesus took bread, gave it to his disciples, and he said, take this and eat it. This is my body. Now, some believe that this miraculously turns into the actual body of Jesus. It does not. This is symbolic. The bread that Jesus handed did not turn into his body. It was symbolic. And we do it in remembrance. He said, do this as often as you do it. Do it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of the fact that he died on Calvary's hill for your sins and for my sins, we are remembering that event by taking this communion bread. And then if you just peel back that aluminum foil carefully, don't spill your grape juice. Paul said in the same manner, he took the cup after he had supper. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. 
Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. We drink this remembering that the blood, remembering the blood that he shed on Calvary was for your sins and mine so that we could go to heaven. And with that in our minds, we drink giving thanks to God. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for your blessings and your goodness. We worship you today. Thank you for going to Calvary and in fact rejoicing in Calvary because you knew it would afford us the opportunity to be delivered and saved from our sins. For that we thank you and I will forever be thankful in my hard times, in my good times, in my difficult times, I will forever be thankful for your goodness, your mercy. Can we clap our hands for Jesus? Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you, and God bless.